Now, I found the secret, and it was pretty basic. It was simply sit down, decide what you want, write it on a card, carry the card in your pocket, and read it as often as possible every day. So I wrote on the card that I wanted to have in my possession by New Year's Day of 1970, I gave myself a decade to do this deal, and $25,000. I really didn't believe it would happen. But you know something? I kept reading it. I don't know why, but I kept reading it. I did exactly what the author said. I kept reading the card. And I kept reading it, and I kept reading it. Now, because I kept reading it, I started to think of earning money. Prior to that, I was thinking of debt. If you had asked me, I said I was thinking of earning money. I wasn't. I was thinking of debt. If your goal is to get out of debt, I guarantee you'll probably be in debt till you die. Because we become what we think about. Yet, whatever you think about, you attract. You literally magnetize yourself to it. That's all I was ever thinking about was debt. But I started to think of earning money. Somebody said there's good money cleaning floors. So I said, I'm not proud. I'll clean floors. Well, I started to clean one office. Then I got another one. Do you know in less than five years, I was cleaning office in Toronto, Montreal, Boston, Cleveland, Atlanta, London, England. The thing Welcome back. You are listening to the part two of the new financial year, New You. Now, we started off with the great Bob Proctor there. I'll actually, if you want to find this video, it's actually the science of being rich. It's an hour 35. You can probably listen to it in one and a half times speed. And I saved this a couple of years ago. I probably listened to this maybe every three months. There's some absolute gems in here. And I think Bob articulates exactly what we were talking about in part one around the new financial year, new you. And how if, for instance, he's saying that if you focus on getting out of debt, then you'll always be in debt. Because that's what you focusing on so you're basically saying to yourself when you choose that as a goal all right my goal is to get out of debt and you'll just then figure out okay well then I need to stay in debt so that I can figure out how to get out of it and by the time you get to get out of it you'll probably then get more debt to carry on with what you're wanting to achieve in your life financially because you go oh well I can leverage against this and I can borrow to buy a second home um and, and you might do that, you know, if you're if that's the, the game you're playing. But he's saying, think about the other side of that. How could I earn more money? And he'd never thought about that. And so once he started doing that, then, as he said, five years, but not many of us want to think about five years, like, oh, I just want it to happen tomorrow. You know, he was looking for ways to be able to earn more money. And then once he found some, he pushed the, the gas further and was just collecting more and more of it and couldn't believe how fast it started coming. But often, the things that we get taught are very basic, and they are, oh, focus on getting out of debt, focus on paying your debt down, those types of things, which is all good and well, but they're limiting, and that's where our focus and our attention and our energy is going to go. So in this part two, we're just going to dive a little bit deeper. It's not going to be as long as part one, but we're just going to dive into a couple of extra little things as well, and I wanted to show you that example that Bob Proctor talks about there in the video that he's got. Um, if you want to find some of his videos, they are all over YouTube and things like that. He's got books and whatnot that you can read, and they are libraries of education, really, really good stuff. But most people will focus on what's missing, and it's hard to feel fulfilled and happy and excited when we think like that, right? But we're sort of hardwired to think, oh, what don't I have? And that's what brings us down and helps us compare ourselves to other people and scroll through Instagram and go, oh, like I don't have that flash car. I don't have a Rolex. I don't have a body like that person. I don't have a house like that. I don't have that upbringing. And we're constantly focusing on what we don't have. 
Now, you know as well as I know that that's not a good thought process to go down and will keep a lot of people probably destined for not too much because what action are you going to go and take when that's all you're focusing your time and your energy towards? That's why every day I practice thinking about what I do have and what I'm grateful for and being really stoked with those things but obviously setting big goals at the same time. But I've had to try and learn, especially over this last five years, I mean, that's, that's only the length of time I've been doing it, but it's been really helpful for me. How can I be more grateful and more in the present and more happy with the things that I do have? I'm not content. I'm not like, oh, yeah, I've done enough. Let's just cruise now. That's not me because I, I love to live in the future and I love to set big goals and I love to go after those things. But I need to remind myself that I am very grateful for the things that I do have, especially when I look back at some of the things that I used to have and go, wow, you know, that's amazing what I now have, what I've been able to achieve when I compare myself to who I was five years ago. Doesn't mean that I'm finished or that I'm not hungry anymore. I'm just trying to be grateful and be anchored in the present and enjoy some of those things because otherwise we go down that path of just the never-ending chase of when is enough enough and I'll just end up like other people that focus on things that we don't have and those will become my decision-making tools oh, I better earn more money so that I can get a Porsche because someone else has a Porsche and I want a Porsche. Like, I couldn't give two fucks. But there are things that I want, obviously, but then they're driven by my decision-making. They're not driven by other people's decision-making. Yes, I can take inspiration what other people have achieved and it opens my eyes up and makes me think bigger, but I'm not going, okay, what don't I have based on what other people have? Okay, I need to go after that so that I can be like them or whatever. I am just trying to set goals for myself, go after those, see who I can become whilst doing that, enjoy that process and figure out who I do become in that process as well and um, and what it does for me and how enjoyable I feel doing that. And if it's not fulfilling and I'm not enjoying it, then I wouldn't be doing it. So I wouldn't be sitting here doing this podcast if I wasn't enjoying this anymore, for instance. But I think so many people get caught in the trap of focusing on what's missing and then we don't figure out how we can stop those thought patterns and actually be grateful for the people uh, the people we have in our life and the things that we have and, and all the stuff that we currently do have. To give you uh, another example of this, yesterday we were working with a client and to generate sales, they need to consistently create content. Now, I said, remember, you've created a shit ton of content and not everyone's always been following you. So you can always repurpose some of the content you've already done and roll it back out. Again, you don't normally think like that because you think, oh, well, I have to create a new piece of content. But a lot of content these days, like memes and stuff like that, it's just repurposed from somewhere else and you're just putting it in front of another audience or people who haven't seen it and they're reacting to it. So it can be a very practical thing to keep front of mind for things that we are doing in our lives and that is to actually repurpose the things that we already have rather than constantly trying to achieve that thing that's missing and and focusing on that. Now the other thing that a number of us will do is that we will focus on the things that we can't control. And in part one, we talked about inflation, the housing downturn, high interest rates, the doom and gloom, the recession, uncertainty, all those things. We can't really control that shit, can we? We can control whether we go and read about it every day, 
and whether we get dragged into those conversations, whether we let it affect us. But if we don't, we're probably going to end up angry, anxious, uncertain, stressed, freaking out, wondering how we're going to get through it all, talking to our mates about it. And what's that going to do? Well, it's going to pull us away from focusing on what we do have, what we are grateful for, and it's going to encourage us to think more about what's missing. And we're not going to be thinking about what we can be doing to fight back against those things, i.e. turning off the news or figuring out how you can invest to beat inflation or earn extra income to be able to protect your household. But instead, no, we'll just focus on the things that we can't control. So be very careful doing those things too. Now, to go beyond that, what else are we really good at? Well, we're really good at focusing on the past. And we spoke about this in the 30 and 30, focusing on things that we can't control and that we can't even change, and that are very hard to change. That's not going to help us, is it? That's going to ensure that we just live further in the past and build in that poor me mentality, don't focus on the future, don't focus on what's in our control, don't even think about what we could have in the future, because we just get trapped in our past. Don't go down that path either, it's very dangerous down there, and try and blend a bit of achiever with the future, whilst being anchored in, enjoying and being grateful for the presence that we're in. To give you a couple of examples from business owners that we work with, for instance, one of the things that you would think if you don't have a business is, man, I want to get a business because you can just do what the fuck you want when you want. And that is often why people want to start a business, because they want the freedom of time and the freedom of choice. Now, when you start running a business, a lot of the business owners that do really well that we work with and that we try and change some of the ways they're thinking, they'll talk about how they can't do things. And we're like, well, how come you can't do that? It might be going fishing, it might be playing golf, it might be going out on the boat, it might be taking a day off or whatever. And they're like, well, I just can't because there's something missing in my business. So to go back to the start, it's the exact same thing. They're focusing on what's missing. So they think, well, if I get person A, once I hire them, then I'll be able to go fishing then I'll be able to take the boat out for the day. It might be, once I implement this software, or once we've stored $10,000 and I've got a bit of a buffer, we delay our decision-making because we're focusing on what's missing. Realistically, at any time, 99% of those business owners can go email all staff or all people, clients, turn the office out-of-office email on. Sorry, I'm not on the office on Friday because I'm looking after my mental health and well-being, and I'm fucking fishing for the week. They're probably not going to say they're fucking fishing for the week in their email, but they have to choose to do that, and they have to schedule that in. So often we talk to our clients about scheduling in the things they want to do. A lot of them will say, I've never been on a holiday for the last four years. And we're like, wow, when was the last time you scheduled one in? They're like, well, no, I haven't, because I haven't been able to, I haven't been able to go on one. And we're like, well, how come? They're like, oh, because, and then it's, you know, 20 things listed out about why, they haven't been able to go on holiday. So often we'll be like, okay, well, let's schedule one out for one of your weeks where you've got nothing in your calendar. Oh, but by the time I get there, there'll be something in my calendar. I'm like, yeah, but let's schedule it out now so they can't put something in your calendar. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's how life works. If you want things, you've got to schedule in when they're going to happen. Otherwise, like the business owner said, they'll get to that week and that week will be full. Now, I have to practice this myself, and you probably do too, but it's another really practical example of how we get trapped in focusing on what we're missing 
And that then stops us being able to take action in other areas of our life or our business or whatever it is. For you, it might be, well, I can't invest because I've got credit card debt and I've got to pay that down. Well, yes, that could be one way to look at it. The other way could be, okay, if my credit card's $5,000, then to ensure that I can invest because I want to be investing for my future, I need to figure out how I can make an extra $5,000. We spoke about that in part one. So then you need a bigger reason as to why you're going to do that. Well, we don't want to just be thinking about paying down our debt or getting out of debt or getting out of credit card debt like Bob said at the start of this. We want to be thinking bigger beyond that, i.e. making more income or finding some of that. And you might set your reasoning to be, I want to invest that I can start protecting my future. And that reasoning is stronger than, I want to get out of credit card debt. Because what's exciting about that? What's the reasoning for that? So when you set goals, try and put some reasoning behind it. It might be that I want to save $5,000 so I can take my child on their first overseas experience. That reasoning is stronger than I want to save $5,000. Try and tie bigger reasons to the things that you're doing and see if that helps you get on the path towards achieving them. Now, with the credit card example, for instance, Pick what your, well, find what your credit card balance is and that could be a way to pick your target of what you want your extra income to be as well. And again, tie a bigger reason to that and then go and look for ways that you could be able to do that. How are you going to be able to find an extra five grand of income and what is the reason for doing that? What are you then going to be able to do? You're going to be able to pay down your credit card and put some money aside for that first trip away with your child, for instance. Focus on something bigger and give it some meaning as to what it's going to mean for you when you can achieve that. Going back to our people that need to schedule things in, that's a very simple technique and it's something we can use in our every day-to-day life as well. When are we going to do some reading? When are we going to do some learning? When are we going to be uh, get a reminder to put some money into our Shearsies account to go and invest? When are we going to learn about investing? Those types of things. If you can schedule those things in, statistics and data tells us that we are more likely to actually go down, uh, go down the path of doing those things. Now that is a pretty simple tactic, isn't it? If that's all we need to do, or part of what we need to do, to increase our percentage of actually doing those things, is actually just scheduling them in and putting them into our calendar or setting a reminder for ourselves that we need to do that. Why would we not do that? when that's so simple and literally any one of us could be doing something like that. I think that's something that you can do, that I can do. I know it's something that I do. I used to have an alarm for years at 9.30 that would go off to remind me to think about what things I was grateful for because that wasn't something I'd done before. So I needed to schedule it in and remind myself to ensure that I started doing it. And now I do it religiously every day, just about every day, 95% of the year, and I don't need an alarm because I've built that habit into myself and it's a way to stay grounded back into each day to think, okay, what am I grateful for for today? And it it makes me stop and reflect on that and stay positive about it as well and come back into the present rather than always living in the future. I seldom dwell and live in the past because I've tried those things and for years and it was just offered me nothing and didn't really, you know, didn't really add anything to my life. Right, obviously easier said than done, 
something that we need to practice over time. As Bob said at the start of this, it was five years for him that he was looking at ways to earn extra income. And if that's what it's going to take, well, why wouldn't you invest or accept that that's a great way to learn more about yourself, learn more about the world and learn more and learn, learn more skills in general rather than just thinking, oh, well, I'm just going to dawdle through life for the next five years with the aim that, you know, I'll get out of debt. Because like Bob says, there's a high chance that you'll just basically go through your life living in debt because it's what you're focusing on. I hope that you've found a few extra little tidbits in the part two of that. There are a few things that I thought I would include and do them separately so that you weren't just um, you know, listening for 45 or 50 minutes yesterday. But uh, I'm sure if you go back and listen to this, there's some things that you can apply to your life and the way that you think and use those. If you want to check out Bob's video, it's the science of being rich. The power of money and science of getting rich, Bob Proctor. That's two years ago on YouTube, so I'm sure you'll be able to find it. This is 1.25 speed. I'm sure you'll be able to crank it up to 1.5, maybe even 1.75. All right, all the best, and we'll talk to you later in the week. And I give the record to people, and I give the book to people, and nothing happened. So I reasoned that someone had to know why I changed, and they've either written it in a book or they're talking about it. So I made up my mind. I would read every book that was ever written if I had to, but I was going to find out what happened to me. So that's what we're talking about. Now, I want to suggest that to make up your mind, you're going to get in what we call a success zone. It's, it's a way of thinking. Now, get this. If 95, 96% of the population are blowing it, if 1% of the population are earning about 95% of all the money, you're not going to get a whole lot of people agree with what you're doing.